What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, with today's low rates, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. With a cash out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, you could consolidate and pay off high interest debt, tackle home improvements that could add value to your home, or even set aside cash for your child's future education. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can give you the technology to refinance easily and save money? Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick loans, internal data, points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions, equal housing letter, license in all 50 states, and analysis, consumer access.org, number 3030. Hey everybody, it's the interview queen, Alicia Toot here, and you are currently listening to and obviously enjoying Queen's Court. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court. Hi guys, this is the queen of Queen's Massage talking. And I am so happy to introduce you to the Queen's Court. Welcome, everybody, to a, well, not another episode of No Particular Angle and not another episode of Queen's Court. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in the history of of the hashtag Queen and Pup Connection, we are bringing to you, because it's the Royal Rumble weekend, and and it's the best time of year to be talking with your buddies about wrestling. So it only makes sense that, me, you know, you got Queen, you got Pup, you got the Queen and Pup Connection. It only makes sense that no particular angle in Queen's Court comes together to bring you not one, but two very special episodes all in one. That's right. We're going to work efficiently today, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to do hashtag wrestling fashion as well as a Royal Rumble recap in the first ever simulcast, no particular angle, Queen's Court combination. We are excited. If you're listening on Queen's Court, feel free to hit the like button on NPA, subscribe to NPA. And if you're listening on no particular angle, you better get over to Queen's Court if you haven't already and focus your energies on subscribing to what she's doing over there. Game changers, ladies and gentlemen, Queen, I'm so excited to be doing this with you. We've been talking about this for a while. First and foremost, how are you doing? I'm so good. I feel like we're about to be like, and our powers combined. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of that way, right? It is. We're here for a hashtag wrestling fashion, which by the way, can I just say to you, how awesome is it that when we're watching some sort of wrestling show, it doesn't even have to be WWE, but some wrestling show, (laughs) when we get tagged, like, hey, pup, queen, thoughts, what is happening with this outfit? Or want to share fashion with us. I think the movement is catching up. Yeah, it is an interesting concept, right? Uh, we that's the it's kind of the way we started talking, you know, more regularly was through the first uh, hashtag wrestling fashion. And now, as people are paying attention to what's happening in the ring, they are looking at us and saying, "Hey, Queen Pup, what are your thoughts?" And there's and there is something kind of fun about that. It's nice to be kind of. I'm not going to say known for it, but it's it's interesting that people are looking to us for our opinions on what works, what doesn't. And a lot like that tonight, we're going to be talking about what works and what didn't in the Royal Rumble as we begin to break it down. Um, general thoughts right off the bat, Queen. What were what were what were you hoping for when it came to the Royal Rumble? Where did they hit for you? Where did they miss? Oh, 
great way to start. And, you know, what we share is a love, a mutual love for the Royal Rumble. It's our favorite, you know, in theory, right? (laughs) Sometimes it can be a big, big fat miss. But for the majority of the time, it's our favorite pay-per-view of the year. There's so much excitement. There's lots of hype. Uh, For me, overall, right off the bat, I thought it was excellent. I was truly surprised by how much I loved this Royal Rumble. Um, They hit very hard for me in the women's Royal Rumble. I thought the pacing, the way they staggered the entrance, like, of um, some surprises, lots of NXT. We got our girls Shotzi and Mercedes Martinez in a Royal Rumble in 2020. Just like, wow, that was wonderful for me. I really loved the Drew win. I just thought that was such a great moment. And I know you have a lot to say about the Rumble, which don't worry, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the places that they missed, I think, for me, I really just didn't care for Santina slash Santina Morella showing up. I just didn't like that very much. I understand the history, right, with Beth and whatever, but I just didn't really like that. But speaking of Beth, what a trooper. That was unbelievable. Um, so that was like a little bit of a miss for me. And Bailey versus Lacey was a miss for me. I thought it was going to be. Uh, it definitely was a cool-down match, a very tough spot to be in following the Women's Rumble. So I don't know if it was that, but I think those were the big, huge, like, ugh, for me. What about yourself? Yeah, I think six out of seven on the main card. I think Bailey Lacey didn't live up to expectation. Um, mm-hmm. To your point, did it ever really stand a chance with nah. where they placed it on the card? I don't think so. Uh, I, I'll tell you... I really enjoyed it. I know I'm in the minority with this. I really enjoyed the tease they did with Brock Lesnar running the gauntlet. I thought that was fantastic. I know what people are going to say. And and it's the right thought, right? And you had this same thought last night when we were talking about it. Because I was bought it. I sat there and I said, I want 90-second matches with Brock Lesnar, the beast incarnate himself. I want him to run the gauntlet of 29 people. I want this dude to be unstoppable. I want... Nobody to be able to touch him, and then you can figure out WrestleMania later. But just the idea that Brock Lesnar is going to enter the Rumble at number one, and he's going to leave the Rumble, not only the winner, but doing it by eliminating each and every person as they came out. It's a wrinkle we haven't seen yet, and it's not a wrinkle that you can do with just, like, anybody, right? And and that includes, like, a, a John Cena. It's just not believable enough. But you got a guy in there who was the former UFC heavyweight champion. You know, it's a guy that was training to be back in the UFC. It's the guy that's still training with with Gable Stevenson over in Minnesota, who should be the NCAA heavyweight champion this year. To be able to put him in that spot and to be able to run the 29 minutes, people would have been pissed. But my goodness, what a story. It would have been an entertaining 45 minutes. But my goodness, what a story it would have been. Now, we didn't get that. And that's the right decision. Right? We don't need Brock Lesnar to go 29 and 0 in a Royal Rumble, but could you imagine if that's where the if, if they would have committed to that type of storyline? It would have been something that I would have been about. It does feel like a little bit like a troll, but at the same time, you know, it, it they 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 did it just long enough for people to be convinced that this is where they were headed, just enough to begin to piss people off, and then what happened? Drew McIntyre comes out, puts the dude over the top rope. And stares at him as he now begins to eliminate people one by one by one until eventually we got some heavy hitters in there that that ultimately then the rumble officially began in a sense, right? Um, Here's what I liked. 
I like that Drew knocks out Brock and then Drew wins the Rumble. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest takeaway from me. You want to build a star. You want to talk about somebody being unstoppable and and utilizing the Brock effect to their advantage. Well, they did that with Drew when he knocked him over the top rope. Now you got to, you know, now for somebody to knock him out after the fact, well, that would just that would just diminish everything that he just accomplished by knocking Brock out after Brock was so imposing in the first third of that Rumble. So uh, good decision-making overall with regards to the Royal Rumble on the men's side. On the women's side, just amazing start to finish. Outside of Santina, I know I get it. Yeah, a lot of people, Santina, not my favorite. But again, remove yourself from it for a second and say second over, second annual. Uh, uh, it, it, so again, so, so, so we know the arguments, right? The first argument is, there's enough women in WWE slash NXT slash NXT UK to where they don't need to put Santina, right? It, it, there's enough talent there, and their depth is the, probably the best in the world. Why waste a spot on on, uh, on Santina? I kind of look at it and I say, well, we know Io's hurt. We know Sasha's probably hurt. You know, they're, they're, they, they just did Worlds Collide the night before. Do you really want to put Rhea in a position to where she looks weak coming out, um, you know, as a champion, but then ultimately losing? There's a lot of baggage that comes along with making those types of decisions and pivoting the way they did. And I really do look at Santina as kind of being an audible from maybe a week or so ago. For me, if you were to tell me, and maybe this is just where my expectations are with WWE, that they went 29 of 30 on their booking for any Rumble, men or women, I'm going to tell you that's a good Rumble. Right? And I think overall, not the cleanest finish in the world by Charlotte and Baszler. Not the best positioning for Santina, although little story arc, little callback, little throwback to him and Beth. But ultimately, that was 50, what, or 45 minutes, 52 minutes of just, or it was 54 minutes, 54 minutes of fantastic work from from everybody involved. And the Santina thing was smart in the sense that he eliminated himself. He was in there for a cheap pop, and then he was he got the hell out of there, right? It wasn't it wasn't like he took anybody and took a spot away or threw somebody or none of that. He went in, he popped himself with the start or with the snake. Everybody left. He got the hell out of there. And if they're going to do that spot, that's the way you do the spot. So I think that was good booking as well. Where I think they fell flat, Seth Rollins is just meh. I just don't like anything about what he's doing with AOP, right? And I like AOP and I like the idea of him and Buddy, but there's nothing. That makes me want to invest in Seth Rollins as a chicken shit heel, although I liked it four years ago. And I don't know if that's a Seth problem or a WWE problem, but I just cannot invest in this guy. That's number one. Number two, along the same lines, this whole, like, them coming. I got to give love to JD over at the Red Leaf Retrocast because he said it in his Discord while we're watching this. Why isn't AOP getting in the ring and knocking heads? Why are they outside causing havoc when they could just... Get in there, little 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 gang warfare. Throw some people over, or at least beat them up to the fa- to the point where Seth can come in and be a chicken shit heel. Instead, they kind of do this outside brawling. Joe gets eliminated, KO gets eliminated, and then ultimately they they fight them to the back. Well, it it was a it was a downer on an otherwise great men's uh, uh, Royal Rumble, and I, I think that's where I kind of stand. It, a lot of good, a very little bad overall. Great night for WWE with regards to the Royal Rumble. Oh, 100%. I mean, really, it was 
not a lot to complain about, which for a WWE pay-per-view lately, hey, that's a win. Let's take a W, all right? And uh, as we move on to this road to WrestleMania, I feel like this was a really good step forward, especially a good step forward for a couple of individual people that I think totally showed out and that I was remiss that I did not put in my what stood out to me. And that should be Bianca Belair, the EST of NXT. Completely showed out in this rumble. And when she was eliminated by Charlotte, I was thinking to myself, I'm not happy about that. Man, did they book that good, you know? Because I knew Charlotte was going to win, like, duh. But they they got you right there. Not that I thought Bianca was going to win, but they got you like, ooh, now I'm mad at you, Charlotte. Now I don't want you to win. Like, where's Shayna at, you know? It gives you that that feel-good moment for her. And I really just was so excited to see it. Yeah, and if we're going to talk feel-good moment. Yeah, can uh, we? I would be remiss if <laughs> I didn't bring up uh, the debut on the main roster in any form or fashion huh, of... The one, the only, the ballsiest chick in the ring, Shotzi Blackheart herself. For somebody who just two months ago was wrestling Jimmy Lloyd at Jimmy Lloyd's Halloween, I forget what it's called. I forgot what it was called. But it was it was a Halloween theme uh, in Philly. She does a death match with Jimmy Lloyd. It's her second to last booking prior to going to NXT Developmental. She goes through a relatively quick period uh, a training period with nxt they put her on the main roster she just had a match with Shayna baser on wednesday and now she finds herself two months removed three months removed right uh, october november november December, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah about the end removed. of january right three yeah, mm-hmm. quarter of a year removed from being in the independent scene and being one of the most over people in the independent scene to making her royal rumble debut and what a debut it was Right. She wasn't going to win. She wasn't. Go- That's not why you, you pop during the Royal Rumble. It's because it was probably the most unexpected fan favorite wrestler to make their way to the ring, in my opinion, if you're a fan of Shotzi. Because if you're a fan of Shotzi, you're loyal to Shotzi. And, and from the time that she entered to the time that she ultimately left, we got a little Baszler tease in there still. Doesn't look like that feud's over in NXT. A lot of good things for Shotzi coming. And again, the green hair. The black uh, uh, leotard, it all just works with her gimmick. Uh, everything about her, I love the fact that they haven't changed her yet. We'll see how that progresses in her career and tenure in, 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 in WWE. But for now, she's staying true to who she was when she was on the independent scene. I'm a big fan. I'm happy that, that she was able to be a part of this. Oh, my God, yeah. I popped so hard when she came out. Because, I, I mean, she was in the thing on NXT on Wednesday, the little rumble they had uh, over there, and she eliminated Shayna, and it was this whole big thing, right? And, man, so cool. That and Mercedes Martinez, I was like, what is this rumble right now? Like, I can't even handle it. But I think the other thing that I just don't like, and I wish that they would fix, is this two-hour pre-show nonsense. There was a two, I mean, two full hours from five to seven, and there was two matches in two hours. What is the point of these pre-shows? Just to hear all the analysis? Neither of those two matches required any sort of analysis whatsoever. They were basically foregone conclusions because they misstepped, in my opinion, and they should have had Andrade versus Ray in the latter match, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. We can't 
can't unchange, uh, can't change that rather. Can't so change the past. Can't change the past. Um, and Humberto is like, I, <laughs> I was lucky enough to be on Bob Culture's pod- podcast with Bill Bodkin, and we were talking about how Humberto is like Mean Girls when Gretchen tries to get Fetch to happen. Yeah. And Humberto is like that. Stop trying to make Humberto happen because I'm not here for it. I don't dislike the guy. I just don't love the guy. And I would just rather not see him right now. I, I feel like, whatever, that's that's a whole other issue. But they had this match, and then they had the Seamus Shorty G, which I can't stand that name, Chad Gable, please, match, which was a fine match. You know, I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. But, like, it's on the pre-show. Why are we having all this analysis for it? The, the best part about the pre-show was R-Truth being completely ridiculous, as only R-Truth can because he's a national treasure. But, like... What is the point of these two hours? No one, no casual fan wants to tune into that. And even people who aren't casual fans don't want to tune into that. So why do we have two full hours, JPQ? I'm going to say it's for the kids. You think gonna, so? Gonna, I, I don't know for sure. But hmm. I'll tell you that you're, I don't know, when do people start watching TV when they're kids? Uh, nine, right? <laughs> you're nine through 14. You don't have access to your parents' credit cards. You can't buy the network. Your hmm. Your parents don't like wrestling or whatever and it's two hours to for for fans to be able to kind of get a little feel of the royal rumble people say well it's it's to help sell the network well i, I don't know if you've ever watched these pre-shows but there's nothing to sell nothing it, to sell yeah you're either watching the damn show or you're not so i really do look at the youtube channel uh, the Twitter live feed, live stream of the first two hours as really being something that as a kid, it's to cement the kids that when they get old enough to be able to buy things, they buy the WWE network. Like, I think that's kind of where I stand on it. Whether sure. that's right or wrong, I don't know. Um, I can see it. But as far as Sheamus and Shorty G, here's what I can tell you. 12 minute, 35 second match that I did not watch. Andrade mm. versus Umberto, 14 minute, 20 second for the U.S. championship. Which I did not watch because one, pre-shows don't matter, and two, who the hell cares about a pre-show, right? I'm here to see the Royal Rumble. I'm here to see Roman Reigns versus King Corbin, oh. which is a weird thing to say out loud. Uh, I've given up on the tag team division altogether in WWE, but there is something to be said for a paycheck. And so I don't knock Seamus and Shorty and Andre and and Umberto coming out and performing. And and from all accounts, I hear that they were decent enough matches, right? There was was nothing about it. Yeah, they were okay. They're all right. But people that put a lot of stock into the pre-show, like I see a lot of people live tweeting at 4 in the afternoon, 5 in the afternoon, 4 to 7 o'clock start time. God bless you. Keep doing it, right? Love what you love and and break down what you need to break down. But for me, I I get – better time served doing other things in preparation for these big pay-per-views that doesn't involve an additional two hours of my time because let's be honest at the end of the day pre-shows don't pre-shows don't count no and at the end of the day for this pay-per-view if you started at seven and it ended at 11 it's not a bad pay-per-view it's a good pay-per-view i mean wow you know it, it especially for a rumble you know i i agree with you i've given up on the tag team division both male and female all together in this company, I don't, I just don't believe they care about it. So I'm not going to care about it because they don't. So uh, that's very clear. But I will say I'm very glad we didn't have matches to have matches. I'm happy yeah. for that. And I understand the paycheck part and, and like I want them to work. I really do. But I think this card, you had Roman, Corbin, you had um, 
the Women's Rumble, you had Bailey Lacey, you had Fiend Daniel, you had Becky Asuka, and then you had the Men's Royal Rumble with, of course, Drew winning. So that's a really nice, tight card. And I actually thought the pacing was great. I enjoyed the fact that it was only four hours long. Mm -hmm. And I didn't walk away going, geez, like I'm burnt out. Yeah, it didn't feel that way. Didn't feel that way. Yeah, they did a nice job pacing for sure. Uh, I I agree with that. I will tell you. Let's jump into it a little bit here let's because do it. <clears throat> there's a couple things to go over. First and foremost, this this card kicks off, and we'll we'll fold in the wrestling fashion kind of as we go. And if yeah. you know Queen at all, you know that she isn't going to have a lot of positive things to say about King Corbin here in just a second. But we had Roman Reigns versus King Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match, uh, a, a program that seems like it's been going on forever. Uh, over on SmackDown brand. And I got to tell you, as much of a key, uh, well, as much of a Corbin guy as I have been, and, and as much as I like his work rate, and I think he plays the heel character better. So many people hate this dude because he, he comes from money from the NFL. He can buy whatever he wants. He has this nonchalantness. Like, no matter what insults you throw at him, it's just going to roll off of him like wicked water. He just has that it factor for fans to hate. And as a fan of heels, you can't cut, you can't buy that type of easygoing heat that, that King Corbin always has. With that said, the King gimmick coming out of I, get rid of the King of the Ring if this is all it's ever going to be, because one, it's tired, we've seen it. More importantly, there's nothing new, there's nothing fresh about this, right? It's always you know, the, the, the B-rate heels around the guy that just won the King of the Ring, and now he's going to stomp around with a crown and a scepter, and he's going to come out on a throne, and I'm sorry. I, I'm just so over this. Why not put a technical wrestler like a Shorty G or a Daniel Bryan or pick, pick – I mean, you got so many, Andrade, right, and, and make them the King of the Ring in the sense of – they own the ring because because they're the best technical wrestler. Like, it's just an easy wrinkle, but they never seem to go that route. They always go the gimmick fashion, and here we are. So we got the big dog versus the king of the ring, uh, King Corbin. Um, I got to imagine, Queen, right off the bat, that you enjoyed the fact that the vest is gone, and you've been enjoying that for a little while. Black top, black jeans, is it doing anything for you now, or are we still stuck in that it's King Corbin and I hate King Corbin? Oh, we definitely don't like King Corbin at all. <laughs> I will say that, thank God, that vest is gone. When he, the only thing I can think about this King of the Ring thing is that he put on this Jon Snow wannabe, like, cape situation to make his crown black and gold. Like, at least it's continuity. At least it's like, I'm a metal, quote-unquote, king, all right? I'm a little dark. All right, whatever. Do you, boo-boo. But do you away from me, because I cannot stand it. But at least the all-black is all-black, and, and it serves its purpose in terms of wrestling fashion. My biggest complaint is, if that dude can have a throne, where's my throne? Where's like, your throne, queen? How can he have one and I can't have one? <laughs> <But> <laughs> Get actually, Mr. I, queen on the phone. I know. Excuse me, Mr. Queen. Um... But my biggest problem is, when is Roman Reigns going to wear something else? Is it ever going to happen, JPQ? Because I feel like I've seen him in this since 2014. 
Not really, because he used to be in like a you know button down. But like sure. once he made his transition with the shield full time, like right, that was their thing. Mm-hmm. It's been this. It's like five years worth of the same vibe. Slight alterations, right? Not as big of a tack vest. Now it's more like a shirt vest situation. Mm-hmm. The pants have changed slightly, but it's the same look for Roman Reigns. It's the same entrance music as the Shield. Why? Why don't we get him anything else? What is the deal with that? Um, yeah. I, I I think it's because his gimmick hasn't changed, right? He's yeah. been a top dog for how long now? And since the turn with Seth Rollins, it's kind of always kind of been the trajectory he's on. He's always been a main event player. You know, the the most frustrating thing about Roman Reigns is that they don't think they need to commit a storyline to him to make fans invested, right? right? They've kind of already supplanted him as the top dog. That was the whole taker thing a few years back. And so for him to be able to get into a story, kind of get his uh, claws kind of clenched in there and and to get fans to invest, you don't – not to say it's not needed, but it would go a long way towards changing the narrative of, well, he's Roman Reigns and he's in the top spot, right? Now, to answer your question, why haven't they changed the look? It's because he's the most marketable guy they got. So, mm. yeah, he'll wear the blue outline on his RR uh, flak vest or uh, what, flak jacket vest thing. And it'll be blue sometimes. It'll be yellow. It'll be red. It'll be green, right? He'll play the primaries. He'll play the secondaries. But, but really, that, we're not going to change much because this is the face of our company. And if you keep changing up the face of your company's look, well— the casual fan isn't going to be able to 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 buy into those cha- like you want the consistency at the top so that fans always have somebody that they can draw to right and whether it's kids or whether it's teenagers or whether it's adults you know you want to buy the merch of the guy that's at the top john cena played this role for yeah. how long ever it's, it's the same formula it's just now with a new guy so he yeah. had his look his over wet hair and they've continued that process his entire career on the solo side for the for the main reason that he's going to sell merch no matter what he looks like, so why change it? Make people accustomed to seeing that look, and moving forward, they'll either buy the merch or they'll invest in him because they realize that this guy is at the top. Gimmick changes only work when you're trying to change characters. This guy hasn't changed in, what, four or five years? So yeah. I think that's why you see that kind of static look from uh, our Roman Reigns. Yeah, and I just think nobody does it like John Cena. It's true. The jorts are annoying, yeah. but they're John Cena. And at least he changed his shirt colors. Birdie Pebbles, Hustle Respect, Hustle Loyalty yeah. Respect. He had yeah. a little bit of variant. Uh, it just worked better with him. Maybe that's the thing. But this match was, you know, like middle of the road. It was fine. Um, I don't even watch SmackDown, to be honest with you. And this feud feels like it's going on forever. So yeah, sure um, I thought for a second they were going to swerve us and give Corbin the win just to make me angry but uh they did not and they let roman be victorious and uh i mean there wasn't really anything cool like um bobby or robert rude and ziggler came out oosters came out they had some stuff but it wasn't even really that fantastic i don't think no as far as falls count anywhere matches go they're never terribly entertaining you lose thing on camera shots. There's a lot of chaos. There's shaky cameras. It's it's its own you know beast to be managed. With that said, here's what I didn't like: the mm. fact that they kind of traded going through tables, and then we sure. had high spots, and we had beat downs. 
from from the Usos and and from uh, Bobbert and and Dolph respectively, and then we're gonna win it by jumping up on the Royal Rumble banner on like what I assume was the dugout. Like it was hard mm-hmm. to tell, but it looked like the dugout. It was the dugout, yes. Yeah, and then we're just gonna spear the guy, and that's like you went through tables. You got. You got Jimmy Uso or Jay Uso, whichever one it was, coming off like scaffolding. Right? Yeah. You have a three-on-one beatdown for like a good four or five minutes, and then it's just going to be a running spear on cement that's going to that's going to put this away. Like I get it, but suspension of disbelief. I feel like there should have been more at that up to that point, or there should have been a spear off the dugout or something a mm. little bit. Not very Shane McMahon-esque, you know, where it's this crazy spot, but maybe like a little elevation onto, onto a lower thing or through a table or onto chairs or whatever. Pick your poison. Just something more because that felt a little flat right there. I also think sure. it went too long. 21 minutes. Too eh. long for this match, yes. Yeah, could have done 17, right? The beatdown didn't need to be as bad by Dolph and, and, and Bob, although I think they did a good job. Um, Really, it, it went a little too long. But overall, good match considering who was in it. And I like Roy. I like Roman in these spots. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, he's not the best worker in the world, but he's certainly not a bad worker. He wrestles. No, he's not the, a bad worker. Yeah, he wrestles the WWE style. He has his five moves of death. You kind of know what to expect. But my goodness, the, this dude plays to the crowd, and he plays to forty thousand people. And so, you know, for those reasons, I don't mind watching Roman. I don't always need him in the main event. I don't always need him vying for a championship. He's been on the shelf for a little while. Uh, kind of giving other people and the Bray Wyatt character and Daniel Bryan and all the okay, it's time to supplant him going into WrestleMania season. I know that's annoying, but if he's going to be the top dog, he needs to be in that position. So yeah. they've done a good job trying to balance that over the course of the year. I think you're right with that. And, you know, it's he's a very polarizing person, like they always say about John Cena, very polarizing, right? You love him or you hate him. Um, and, and I think, you know, he does a good job for what he does. He's not my favorite wrestler, but he's definitely solid. You know that he can do certain things that other people on this roster can't do. And they put him in the spot that they need to be in. Uh, but I agree, you know, he's been on the back burner. And I thought for a while that he was going to be the one to win. But once the match started going, which we'll get to, that definitely changed. But the next match was the one that we really, really loved. Lots of great things to talk about here which is the Women's Royal Rumble. So much fun. Started with Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair, entrance one and two. I'm surprised to see Alexa in the number one spot. I thought that was kind of cool. And then Bianca comes out. Okay, we got to talk about this, because this outfit, I have my note here. I said, Bianca Belair, black and gold with black lipstick. Oh, my God. She looked spot on, heelish, but perfect at the same time. We talk about lipstick a lot, JPQ. Black is a very hard color to pull off because it's got to be the right shade of black. It's got to last the right amount, and it has to be applied perfectly. And, boo, my God, she hit it out of the park. What did you think about her outfit? Well, so it goes to everything, and I'll start with the lipstick. Uh, yeah. You got to lay black in, right? Yes. You, you can't – it's got to go up to the edge, and you got to have confidence to really sink the black in there because otherwise you're going to get the red on the outside. You're going to get the red on the inside of the lip. It's going to wear over time, and if and if you're not committed to the layer, then you're screwed, right? And, and we've seen it fail so many different ways over over time. But uh, Bianca, she she hit this look out of the park, 
right? Oh. I, I think everything about it. I think in this instance, the all black uh, motif that she was going for lent itself for how she wrestled in the ring. Uh, that's something that I look for because she's very creative with her. Like she's not one that has a static look, right? She different colors. She always has the EST on the side. Like, you know, she, she's got her, uh, uh, you know, her logos and things like that, but she always changes up the colors. So for and her the to patterns come out, too. Uh, and the patterns. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So for her to come out black with a little gold trim and, then do what she did, which was eliminate eight people. She was in it for over 33 minutes. Uh, she was the second one in. She was the 16th out, if I remember my notes correctly. Yep. Then, you know, like, and so it just kind of worked. Like, it played well. She's a bodybuilder. She's got the natural strength. She was able to show that off. We got a couple teases in there, which we will get to in a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, with regards to power versus power. But my goodness, you talk about somebody who went in there to be the person to establish themselves as the heavy hitter of the entire division over all the brands. Bianca Belair accomplished that this time around. And I think that her where she's not going to be recognized as like this overly dramatic, you know, uh, theme to, to, to her costume at the same time. Uh, it was the most impactful without it being the story. Uh, it played a nice part into the narrative of I'm going to come in here and I'm going to destroy people. And I think they accomplished what they were going for with that look. 100%. And she established herself as a person to watch for people who don't watch NXT. She made a lot of new fans last night, I believe. And I think they might be checking her out on Wednesdays. And I truly think that she impressed some people in the back. I mean, she had to. Lasting 33 minutes. Eight eliminations, like, wow, so good. And you're right, the gear told a story. So let's talk about overall fashion before we dive into some of the things that we saw here. Yeah. So to run it down, three, Mighty Molly, four, Nikki Cross, five, Lana, six, Mercedes Martinez, seven, Liv Morgan, eight, Mandy Rose, nine, Candice LeRae. 10, Sonia Deville, 11, Kyrie Sane, 12, Mia Yim, 13, Dana Brooke, 14, Tamina, 15, Dakota Kai, 16, Chelsea Green, 17, Charlotte Flair, 18, Naomi, 19, Beth Phoenix, 20, Tony Storm, 24, Zia Lee, 25, Zelina Vega, 26, Shatsy Blackheart, 27, Carmella, 28, Tegan Knox, 29, Santina Marella, and 30, Shayna Baszler. That was our order of entry. Mm-hmm. Moments for fashion. I'm going to give you one off the top of my head that still it's sticking out to me right now. Yeah. And then this Carmella's new gear. <laughs> In fact, you tweeted this at me. I did. Because we just knew that Queen Above connection. Listen. It looks so good on her. It's the right amount of bling. It's the right shape. That top, mm, yes. It looks great on her. Even her tights, which are always like a shade or several shades darker than her tan. It looks perfect with that because it had that little outline of black. And it makes it the silver, um, I don't know. what They're not really rhinestones, but they are, I guess, is the better way to put it. Sure. Like it's not sequins, but it's not rhinestones. So it's somewhere in the middle. Makes it pop so much more. 
and looked great with her hair. Her makeup was on point. That was the one that stood out to me. Like right away, had to get that in there. What about for you? Very shiny. Very, Very shiny. shiny. Yes, Mella. I'll tell you that my favorite look did not come in the Women's Royal Rumble. Ooh. Yeah. But I can tell you the misses. I can tell you the misses. Okay. So for me, Nikki Cross and the yellow stripe down the jean pant that's tied into her top, not a fan. Not the a the hazard yellow. It didn't work for Becky at WrestleMania last year. It is certainly not working for Nikki Cross. Although I will tell you, and I tweeted this out as well, Nikki Cross is a joy to watch. She oh, is fun. She is energetic. She's infectious. People that don't like the fun aspect of Nikki Cross, I, I don't know what to tell you because she's just everything about her just screams uh, a good time to watch. But uh, fashion wise, just nah, not nothing there for me. Denim is hard as it is, Very let hard. alone fake denim, let alone then you have an orange stripe going down, crushed blue. Uh, not the easiest thing to pull off, certainly not the easiest thing to wear. You know, so she did well, but the 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 outfit didn't work for her. That's number one. Number two, I really did not like, and I know it's not the first time I've seen it, but this whole baby blue and white on Dana Brooke drives me insane. Uh, I'm glad she got away from the pink and black that she was wearing because that was very natty esque, and they're too close with the power build and the blonde platinum hair and. Then you're wearing that. But really, at the end of the day, they need to figure out something for Dana because the short and the over the top, um, you know, mid or uh, the, 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 the midsection shirt. I'm blanking on the name of that. I don't know why, but I am. Um, the crop shirt. Crop top. It just, thank you. The crop top. It's just yep. not. It just doesn't accentuate who she is as a wrestler, as a performer. Right. This is somebody that's a you know, a professional bodybuilder. She's somebody that should be able to show off her body uh, and show off her power. A lot like Bianca, yet they're kind of hiding her in this boxy kind of look uh, with the, you know, the, the the larger shorts as well as this this crop top on top. And then the blue and the white never really worked for me. Um, it's too light. This actually reminds me a lot of what uh, Jay and um, Jimmy wore at WrestleMania uh, with all the all white, right? It's a tough look to pull off. I don't think Dana did herself any – I don't think it's her fault, but I don't think that she did anything – any. she didn't do that outfit justice, uh, which is tough because there's a lot of things that you can do with her. This isn't one of them. So uh, those two really are the ones that stick out for me. I guess if I wanted to throw some love in this, I'm probably throwing it towards Naomi. Uh, she mm. made – yeah, she made her comeback. Um, they didn't change a tremendous amount about her. However – I really love the fact that she froed out for this. Um, I think that was a nice uh, wrinkle to, to her personality and to, to what she brings to the ring, number one. Number two, this, you know, kind of go-go girl-esque type of vibe, this 70s psychedelic kind of look. It's a different twist on her dancing character, um, the, feel the, the feel the glow. Now she's coming out almost like an extra from Goldmember. Uh, a lot of it, a, a lot of bright colors. Uh, I like the the long lines coming down north to south. I thought that was a smart decision. And it really helped to kind of keep focus on her throughout the course of the entire Royal Rumble. You know, at any given point, I'm looking for that brightness. And, and you could spot her from a mile away. And for her making her return at this point, she is somebody that I want to keep an eye on through the course of the chaos that is the Royal Rumble. I think that, again, 
her outfit only helped to accentuate her performance in the Royal Rumble. And that's what I'm looking for out of hashtag wrestling fashion. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I will say a couple things I did like, though. I like Charlotte in the gold holographic robe. I think sure. it looks good. And that cranberry burgundy uh, red she has for her top and her trunks and her boots, I think works really well for her skin tone and her hair. I also really like the use of props. We don't talk about it enough. Props, props, props. And the best one is Kyrie Sane with her awesome parasol umbrella. She uses it. She actually uses it more than just to hold it up or have it out there or pop it every now and then. She uses it to try and tease people in the ring. It's cool. Uh, I liked that as well. And, and the other one that I want to shout out real quick is Liv Morgan. I actually thought she looked great in the all black. It suited her very well. It was cut the right way to shape her body. I really enjoyed it. I like but, the dynamic between the two. Not to cut you off. I no, go ahead. But Lana coming out kind of looking like Captain Marvel when the 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 little leotard she was in. And then you kind of have this Catwoman-esque uh, look from Liv Morgan as she comes out. And so now you're playing uh, the DC versus Marvel dynamic with two people that hate each other. I, mm-hmm. It was a little... It wasn't as in your face, especially the live part. But if, if you look at it from that direction, that's a correlation that I'm trying sure. to make. Uh, I, I, I like that side of it. Um, I really do. And I always have. I've liked I've, I've always enjoyed um, Sonya Deville. I, I think she stays in her lane. Right. I think she plays more of a conservative uh, kind of role when it comes to I didn't sure. like her much as the MMA, although the background was there. So it made sense. You know, but really, you know, she's very toned down. And I think that works for her no nonsense demeanor. On the other side, you have Mandy Rose, who correct me if I'm wrong, because, again, I don't I can't. My Fridays aren't always locked into two hours of SmackDown. <laughs> but her. Her tights are like bikini cut, like they're really kind of playing into her yeah. model esque side. And whether you enjoy the gold that she wore or not, it was the cut that kind of really put it over the top for me. And I and I'm down the middle on her look, right? Because you know she's Mandy. She she looks like Mandy, and and Mandy looks good, and she works hard at that look. So I, I want to take nothing away from her, you know. But she looked like she was in a bathing suit. That bathing yes. suit cut was tight on the thighs and and accentuated over the backside. And we saw, you know, the wedgie happen and all that kind of stuff. But it's one of those things where it's like, that's not typically what you see out of wrestling gear. You know, it was it was more bathing suit than it was uh, gear, right? Like, it mm-hmm. just it felt more like she should be in a model shoot. And maybe that's what they're going for. But I just don't think it adds anything for me as a fan to, like, take her serious. Like, last year, she was in a championship match. Sure. This year... She or at least a number one contendership. I forget. No, no, no. She was in a she was in a championship match, right, against Asuka. Mm-hmm. This year, she's really kind of playing up the model side, and it's like, do, should I take her seriously? Should I not take her seriously? The Otis wrinkle is fantastic. So from a storytelling side, I'm all about it. But why is really my question. Why do you have to accentuate the sexiness of Mandy when you? There's so many photos of her outside of here doing sexy things. Like you know, in the ring, it seems like it's almost not practical enough as wrestling gear, which makes you kind of lose interest in what Mandy's doing when she's improved in the ring. And it kind of takes away from that. And that kind of bothers me. 
Yeah, I agree. I did not like her trunks at all. It definitely felt more like a swimsuit. It definitely felt like she was about to go on Sports Illustrated, which is great. Like, go do that then. Yeah. I don't understand why you're in a wrestling ring wearing that. It makes no sense to me. Um, it doesn't add really anything. Um, though I will say, one of my favorite spots in this Rumble was when Otis caught her. <laughs> and saved her from the yes from that uh, ultimate demise there he could not from the second one but the first one he did very well <laughs> yep. spots in here that you really liked from the rumble without you know breaking down every single thing <laughs> what did you like um well i think probably the biggest i think the biggest one for me was probably alexa bliss uh elimination um you know she found herself on the opposite end of Bianca Belair, and mm-hmm. it was an Irish whip, in, well, uh, sort of an Irish whip, into the uh, post from the apron, and she sold that so well. She committed to banging into that post and then whipping out onto the apron or uh, uh, out onto the floor, and it felt real, right? It felt like somebody just got the shit beat out of them by some just monster of a person, which Bianca Belair was booked that way in this Rumble, right? That's number one. Number two, Alexa Bliss really should be commended. She came in number one. She uh, made, she lasted 26 and a half minutes. She was the 15th person uh, eliminated, which makes the next person coming in really the quarterback for the back half of the Royal Rumble. Alexa Bliss coming in at number one and kind of carrying the work rate for the first half of that Royal Rumble is is an underlining or is an is an underlining theme of this Royal Rumble that I really enjoyed. Right? And she does not get enough credit. I've said this for years. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss doesn't. No matter what you think of her, she's blonde. They pushed her. She's got five. Okay, fine. She's got five title reigns. She doesn't deserve them. There's more appreciated. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, you can have all that. The fact of the matter is, is that she can wrestle. You know, and people do not like to give her her just due because of her size, because of her look, because, you know, she's injury prone, whatever the case is. But she went in there and for 26 and a half minutes, she kept that rumble moving. And where Belair was the strongest one, she was the the point person for a lot of uh, eliminations and things like that. It was Alexa in the mix, kind of breaking up things and and moving you know, uh, th- this rumble along in the first half prior to Charlotte coming out and and taking it home in a sense, right? Sure. And, and we need to respect and love what Alexa did there. She didn't come out with a new look. She didn't come out just as a different type of uh, Alice of Wonderland character, right? It was kind of a more co- uh, classical look, right, mm-hmm. for Alexa Bliss. It's what we expect, uh, the pink, the blue, the black, you know, the shorts, the top. Nothing too, too crazy, but you needed that because it, it can't be about the look with Alexa when she's the workhorse on the first half. And I think right. they did, again, just a lot of good decision making here by WWE during the Women's Rumble to make sense of it all and to put somebody like Alexa Bliss in the position to kind of quarterback the first half, I think was smart. And I think she executed it and and her elimination had enough punch that really let me know, okay, we're at the halfway part. Let's let's move on for the rest of the Rumble. She did her part in the first half. So so for me, the standout uh, moment was Alexa getting uh, eliminated because, A, how she did it or how she was eliminated, and, two, because she had a great 25, 26 minutes prior to that that helped to kind of keep the pace going of the Women's Royal Rumble. 
Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I really enjoyed her performance as well, and and we'll echo that and agree. Um, but I also would say that for me, Beth Phoenix, even though she came in after Charlotte, I think did some phenomenal work here. 23 minutes, Beth Phoenix. And within the first, I don't know, two minutes, not even, she split her head wide open in the back. Sure did, Jesus. Covered in blood. Her whole, like, back half of her hair soaked red. I'm like, geez. But she showed out, too. She's still the Glamazon, and that was really fun to watch. Seeing her and Bianca Belair square up a little bit, that was really dope. And I was like, ooh, give me that match. I would watch that any day of the week, you know? So I really enjoyed that, and uh, I think the only thing, other than what we've already said that I agreed with, the only thing I didn't like, truly, was kind of the ending. It was kind of a meh finish, you know? I did not like that. It was like, oh, I knew she was going to win, right, all right, whatever. But it just didn't hit right at the end. So I was a little bit of like, right when it was over. But truly, though, as a whole, I really liked it. Yeah, I think it's important that... You know, for a match that was 54 minutes long, that you can't... The story of this Rumble wasn't laid in the last, you know, 45 seconds. You know, and I think that a lot of people play that game. Well, Charlotte won, and she won in a weird way, and that's my... No, this was a great women's Rumble. This was a a fantastic pacing. This was a lot of good... Um, little storylines being told, good callbacks, good feuds in the middle, good feuds starting again. Again, we had Otis spot. We had the Naomi keeping herself alive throughout this entire thing uh, and, and the returns, let alone the new outfits that kind of came through with Carmella and Liv and, and Lana. There was a lot of good things. There was a, there was way more good than there was bad. To your point, here's the most frustrating thing about the Rumble for me, uh, for the Women's Rumble for me. Shayna Baszler comes in. Number one, she eliminates eight people. So mm-hmm. as much as we're giving Bianca love for breaking the record, well, that record was tied by Shayna yep. damn near immediately, which is great because now you can let them vie for number one contendership. And now this gives Bianca a jumping off point to beat Baszler and then set up her and Rhea at a later date. Love that. That's number one. Number two, Shayna is a, is, is a real-life fighter. Yeah, right? she, her wrestling acumen is all based out of reality, and she utilized that to her advantage in her entire career, but more specifically in NXT to show that catch or shoot wrestling uh, will win you championships. Right? It's not about flash. It's not about entertainment. It's about getting the job done. So for her, at the end of the Royal Rumble, to be holding up the ankles of Charlotte as Charlotte is you know, pretty much planking herself on the top rope, which again, I take nothing away. That is, that is tremendously difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just kind of allowing, the, yeah. <laughs> like she takes a step back to take a step. It's almost like they miss the move in fluidity because it's not something Shane is typically used to doing. And they kind of reset, they kind of pause. Charlotte's kind of, you can, she looks pissed but she might just because she was holding the ropes but she looks pissed and then all of a sudden then the ankles come on the shoulders and then she flips out it just it wasn't as clean and as fluid as you would have hoped out of two highly you know gifted uh athletes as as charlotte and Shayna. with that said there's no reason why you couldn't put some type of catch wrestling shoot in there that 
got countered by uh, a Charlotte that ultimately got Shayna thrown over. Like I, sure. I didn't like how they booked the end of it, and I didn't then the and then the the two in there did certainly didn't execute it to the level that they should have. All in all, though, to your point, again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw away what was a fantastic Rumble match for the last 45 seconds. Was Charlotte supposed to win? Sure. Was it a nice tease with Shayna? Yes. Uh, definitely, there's money in Shayna, but really, at the end of the day, you know, they, they they missed the mark on that one, which again comes with the territory with Charlotte from time to time. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, I know it's sad, but yeah. be that as it may, she was the victor. Yeah. Royal Rumble. She was very emotional afterwards, and then that leaves us with this terribly uh, booked, <laughs> in terms of position, match. Mm-hmm. For the SmackDown Women's Championship, yikes! Yikes tough is spot. right. Tough spot, right? Got to give them that, but also not a great match either. And like we talked about at the top of the show here, not something that we were surprised about. <laughs> not something that we expected. Like, oh, it's going to be so great. Mm-mm, I didn't expect that. Right. Um, this just feels like a repeat of what's been happening for Bailey. She's still her Karen persona. It's still not working. She wore chains again, like she did early, early, or I guess later now in 2009. Right. 2009. 2019. I'm getting confused because of Edge. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It's just more of the same. I will say that I'm not a Lacey Evans fan. Everybody who knows me knows that. However, her as a face works 10 million times better than her as a heel. I just like that character more. The wrestling, though, is still not for me. It's still very kind of sloppy. They did not have good chemistry. It just felt like we had a lot of missed opportunities here, and uh, it just wasn't great. There's not too much to say about it, but what I will do is allow you to talk about this outfit because the shade of green. Mm. Goodness gracious. I'm sure you have something to say about that. Lacey Evans' top mark of the night. Yes. Wrestling fashion. Just everything about her. And again, I, I love I love the Southern Belle dresses, and I love the big brimmed hats, and I like the poodle skirts. And the, the only knock I've ever had on her is the, uh, the, the stitching up the back end of her nylons mm-hmm. uh, and the placement of that. I never thought that really fit. It worked better when she was playing, um, you know, the, the girl from Ipanema, type of role in NXT but now you know she's kind of been she, she's been elevated she's she, she's evolved her character over time so th- that never really worked for me but she didn't have that this time right and she comes out and she's wearing uh the 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 beautiful uh sequined uh um uh, crop top it's it's this great shade of green it's this hunter green but when the lights are coming on top of it, it's popping in all these different ways and all these different colors. She's wearing a white poodle skirt and just and then the white hat and the, just the dynamic of the transitions from head to toe just worked on every level. Then she takes it off. And one, you realize that the nylons aren't stitched up the back. And that's a big W. But at the same time, she was also kind of conservative in how she pulled the green down into the trunks. And, and those two things together, in my opinion really helped to elevate her character, number one. But number two, that's not a type of color that we see often in WWE, and we certainly don't see it shining, right? You see the the dull, the dark, the browns, the earth tones. 
you know, with 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 Hunter Green. Very rarely do you see it uh, in a in a shimmer type of fashion that allows light to reflect off of it uh, the way it did. And I think in this instance, it really really worked for her. I think with her skin color as well as the blonde hair, that gr- that type of green when the light hits it the right way, it really does pop and it shows a nice. Um, uh, compare it shows a nice tra- um it's not a transition what is the word i'm looking for hmm. wow i got that compl- like i had it and then i lost it <laughs> that's all right you'll think it's a it's a um wow wow that i'm just i'm not <laughs> gonna get it it's a difference right it shows a difference between um uh, the, the light skin and then the dark green and then the pop from it really allowed it to kind of come across. The contrast? Yeah, it's exactly what I was looking for. Jeez, I, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why I lost <laughs> okay. that. okay. It happens. Yeah, it does. Um, so anyway, those two really worked for me. When she was in the ring and Bailey was in the ring, I'm looking at these two and I'm like, well, you can tell who the superstar is. And that's what's annoying about Bailey. And whether that's on purpose or not is up for debate. But the Karen haircut, and then she's wearing the jewels. Like, yeah, why not just come yeah, just come out with a tote bag and a, and a and a pack of Newports, and you're set. Like, why why play this game of like this? You know, this. I don't know. Like, it's not a. It's not it's certainly not Egyptian. It some type of headgear that then transitions into you know nothing when she takes it all off and then she's in a wrestling gear. Like the the two don't mesh together well. I I don't mind the head jewelry. I like the head jewelry. Um, but it is one of those things where it doesn't fit the character that she is, right? So we talked a lot about elevating uh, uh, how 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 the fashion and the gear has elevated the persona of the of the wrestler. Well, in this case, it's an add-on, right? It's an accessory, but it's an accessory that doesn't add anything to to who Bailey is. And because of that, it doesn't work, right? It, it's pretty jewelry. It it works on. I, I think she has the frame for it. Sure. It just doesn't. It doesn't sh- tell me anything more or anything less about the character as she comes to the ring. Now let's talk about the wrestling. Let's. Why Lacey Evans isn't a striker drives me crazy. Like, she's got the women's right, which is a decent finisher, albeit it's the Big Show's finisher and it's every big like big wrestler in the history of times you know, finisher is the knockout punch, the KO punch. But if she's a striker and she's post mil and she's yeah post military career and you know she has all then she should just be utilizing that to her advantage when she's in the ring and guess what it goes with the Hunter Green because it's kind of got that army kind of vibe to it so the fact that she's not using Brazilian Jiu Jitsu the fact that she's not utilizing self defense uh, uh, tactics to her advantage and incorporating that into her wrestling acumen drives me up the wall. She's playing wrestler when she could just be a fighter and she knows how to fight and she's showing everybody that she's not as comfortable wrestling at the level of a Bailey right now. Right. Bailey, for all the things that she does well in the ring, she cannot carry a match. Right. Right. She's proven that time in and time out. You need a Sasha Banks. You need a Charlotte Flair. You need a Becky. You need an Oscar. You need all these different Bailey needs to find. Not just a personality within this character that that I don't think she's 100% sold on being, but more importantly, that she needs to learn how to lead the dance. And sure. as the champion, you lead the dance. And in this instance, again, looking from my uh, looking with my eyes, Lacey looked like more of a star. But then watching the match, neither one of them knew where it was going. And nine minutes and 20 seconds later, we have our finish. Bailey 
keeping, retaining the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. But more importantly, it's a snoozer of a match that not in a great position, definitely a power cleanser. But again, with Bailey's heel turn and how popular that was when it first happened, as well as with the push that Lacey Evans is is currently on over the since, since the night after WrestleMania, you know, you think that you could get a little bit more out of these two, and that just wasn't the case. Unbelievably true. I don't think I could say it any better than that. Which leads us to another point. Not sure about this match either. The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan in a strap match, which just JPQ had a lot of whipping. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, I thought we were in a very different kind of venue. Yeah. And a um, couple of interesting things here. <laughs> no red lights for the first time. Good. Good move. Um, It was kind of a quiet audience. They were kind of gassed. And I don't I don't understand the strap match thing. Okay, Daniel Bryan didn't want him to disappear so he could just have him there attached to him, but I don't I don't find strap matches very entertaining, especially not in WWE. It just doesn't work for me. So that was kind of crappy and I didn't think Daniel Bryan got as much offense as I would have liked him to. I wanted him to come a lot closer to winning this belt than he actually did. I mean, it was just like, I don't know, a lot of moving around. And if you wanted to see Brian wrestle at the level that he wrestles at, this was not the match for you. Yeah, not the match. Yeah, this wasn't conducive to a Daniel Bryan match. The the, The one takeaway on the frustration side was that we've seen Daniel Bryan do more with The Fiend on Raw. Than we've had than we did in this match. Now, stipulations will play a factor. By the way, I'm not saying I'm for as far as strap matches go. This was as good of a strap. I mean, this isn't Bart Gun versus Billy Gun by any stretch. Right, right. But as far as strap matches go for for a universal title or for a, for a championship in general, it's it was as good as it was going to be. They utilized it in neat ways. The yes lock with it wrapped around his mm-hmm. face was a mm-hmm. good moment. Um, you know, Bray looks strong here. Daniel Bryan certainly didn't look weak, although he didn't get as much offense in as we would have liked. Uh, Daniel Bryan really is in a, put himself in a compromised position by agreeing to a a strap match, although he wanted it because he was going to disappear, which is weird. Mm. It was one of those things where Daniel Bryan, you know, he limited his own offense for the sake of going after the championship. And like, I get that story. But if the payoff is that the Braves is still going to win, then then why even bother putting yourself? You're better off Does running the risk match, of him yeah. running away. Yeah. Right. Um, what this should have been, in my opinion, which is a terrible idea, but like no. again, it's a strap match, so fuck it, let's just go there. Four corners match, right? For the Universal Championship. Now strap's still in play. He still can't run away from you. But now you kind of level the playing field for Daniel Bryan a little bit where size still works against him, but crafty, interesting ways of countering out of things that can lead him to hitting the top rope and going one, two, three, four in a row. It would have brought a, if we're going to gimmick this thing up, let's go a hundred percent and let's go to a throwback of a four corners match for the championship instead of a strap match, which ultimately at the end of the day, to your point was just a whole bunch of whipping. Yeah. It's, it just, didn't do anything for me. Um, but nevertheless, The Fiend retains, and we'll see what happens here for Daniel Bryan with his new haircut and new attitude. So, yeah. also, that's another thing they did. They called him uh, the new Daniel Bryan with the, he had a new attitude. 
Wasn't he already the new Daniel Bryan? I don't know. Just he's me. New, new. He's the new, new. 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 Daniel Bryan. He's the old, new. He's the old, new. Old. What once was old is new again. Daniel that's, Bryan. That's right. <laughs> Daniel Bryan is the new Daniel Bryan. That's um, right. What did you think of uh, uh, Bray's entrance? I know that you're a big fan, but now we got to see the title really for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. All fiended out, if you will, around his face with his face kind of showing. What were your thoughts? I hate the title when I see it with lights on. <laughs> when he comes down the ramp with that lamp and it's around his neck so you can kind of see the top of his mask peeking out. But the rest of it blocks his mouth. It looks like an oversized gas mask or those oversized like how like, oh, Shingo has the dragon one, right? Right. One of those type of masks. A little aspirator thing. Just a, exactly. Respirator, respirator Just a thing. little something else. To make him look that much more menacing. Right. And I thought for the first time that belt looked really cool. Only in the entrance, though. (laughs) Once that was over, I was like, forget it. (laughs) But I don't know what I hate more. Do I hate that it's the blue Dorito? Cool Ranch? Or do I hate that it's the Fiend's face? I don't know. Uh, it's definitely the fiend's face. It's definitely the fiend's face. Yeah, but it certainly is. I I just still don't like the blue. I don't like the blue. I don't like the blue either. Um, I I really hope. And again, they're ne- they're never gonna do this. And this is my crazy brain doing what it does because fantasy booking and all that. But Bray versus the fiend, one on one, in some goofy type of gimmick match for the title. At some point leading up to WrestleMania, like Bray kind of fighting for his well back. Mm-hmm. I think that's worth exploring because Roman doesn't excite me, although they're definitely headed that direction. Um, yeah, it's just there's something about. Well, you could. I mean, you could throw Drew technically in there against against the Fiend if you didn't want the Brock thing. Although the Brock thing lines up pretty well. I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I don't know. For me, there's nobody really that entices me about in a in a high profile match in the lead up to WrestleMania against Bray. So why not have some fun and do the Fiend versus Bray in like a one-person match, right? Sure. I mean, it could work. I mean, it definitely doesn't work. But, like, my point is is that <laughs> it would be something different. It would be kind of fun. It would be nice to kind of see that that dual, um, you know, it, just the, 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 the light and the dark fighting sure. over, you know, the control of the body. It, it, I, I don't know. I, I, I like that kind of stuff. And hopefully we see something eventually because why have two characters if you're not going to represent both? Yeah. But in this instance, yeah, I don't know. Fiend's kind of slowing down for me. He's kind of slowing down for me. So we'll see yeah, what they can kind of pick it up. I trust in Bray. I really do. I think he's um, I think he's very good at what he does. But I, I don't know if he's going to have the partners moving forward because they've kind of burned some heavy hitters to this uh, to this point. And Roman, again, just doesn't excite me in this. Although it makes sense, it, it doesn't excite me. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the same way you are. It's a little disappointing. I just don't know. Don't know what to say. But I do know what to say for this next match. Yeah. Thank you. And while this crowd was not as animated as they should have been for mm-hmm. the quality of match that they got. I thought this was an excellent contest between Becky and Asuka for the title, where Becky finally put the stamp on it and beat Asuka for the win, which I know disappointed a lot of people, including both of us. What? <laughs> what? We love Asuka. We do. But listen, I get it. This makes sense a little bit right now for what they're aiming to do i think at mania but i really enjoyed it 
I didn't think there were points rather at in this match that it almost went the other way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, okay. You're giving me a little bit of a something to kind of be like, who is going to take this match? Right. Right. I, I liked that part. Um, I love the way that they've built Asuka. This was my favorite storyline coming into the Rumble. They had it. It was ready made. It was easy. It was ready to go from last year until now. But ultimately, our girl came up short. She got the kick. Or Becky got the kick in on her. The mist sprayed everywhere. All over Asuka and not Mm -hmm. on Becky. And ultimately, she loses. And Becky retains. Um, It was a little bit... Of a slower pace. But somebody brought up on Twitter, and I'm very sorry. I, I don't remember who it was at, uh, right now because, you know, my brain. <laughs> too many things. But uh, they said it actually works for Becky because the slower pace uh, allows her to do some things that's better than a super fast-paced match for her. Right. So I thought that was an interesting point. What are your thoughts about this? Yeah, so I think for all the reasons why I didn't like uh, Bailey versus Lacey is all the reasons that I did like Becky versus Asuka. Becky leading a match against uh, greener talent isn't always the best Becky match. Um, when they're, when she's in there with somebody like Asuka, who can really kind of set the pace and and plays to the strengths of, of Becky, and, and likewise Becky to Asuka. Like, it, it's a it's a two-way street. Right. Um, I found that the 16 and a half minutes was, was a perfect time for them to tell a story. I think they told a good story. I think that there was nice momentum shifts back and forth in this match. Um, Kyrie being on the outside didn't do much for me because she really didn't get involved. So right. why be out there if you're not doing anything? Um, and in a championship match, I don't necessarily want anybody to do anything. But if you're out there, make yourself known, right? That's number one. Otherwise, why bother? I think this was a missed opportunity by WWE, though. I'll tell you why. Becky has cooled off greatly. Charlotte is in... Charlotte's liked... You know, people like her. Um, people are a little tired of her. I get that. It's kind of the Roman Reigns effect is the same with Charlotte. Like, everybody rolls their eyes. Like, of course, she's going to be doing this. And But again, like, you know, it, it's kind of what we've come to expect. And WrestleMania season's coming up. They need high-profile matches. To me, and look, I'm a big four-horsewoman person. And it really does look, up, look like they're starting to line up uh, Becky versus Charlotte. Sasha versus uh, a Bailey, right? It it feels that way. Now you can move those four around in any type of singles matches for the titles as you want. Ultimately, it's those four, you know, in at, at WrestleMania for the titles in in some combination, and then probably a four horse women's run in at the end to kind of set up the new year is kind of sure. where I think they're finally headed with, with that, the real force horn, four horse women versus the wrestling for, uh, 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 four horse women, which is not easy to say back to back. Clearly. Um, so I'm okay with it. Sure. Why I feel it's a missed opportunity is because you put Oscar in a position to beat Becky again at Royal rumble, right? That brings instant credibility to a lackluster tag team title run uh, from the Kabuki Warriors, in which you now it makes sense to dive back into Becky and now the Royal Rumble winner in Charlotte versus the Kabuki War- Warriors for the tag team titles at whatever the hell that Fastlane, <laughs> I'm trying to think, whatever the hell that Yeah, pay- whatever that pass yeah, that pay per view is. Yeah, at Fastlane in February, right, where 
the Kabuki Warriors still win, right? You can take the title off Asuka just like you did last year. You can do it on a SmackDown. You can do it sure. on a Raw. It doesn't matter, right? And and you can build a little bit of chase with Becky to kind of get the fans back invested in the man. You can bring a little prestige to the tag team titles because the champion has them, and then they're going against the, you know, the dream team that is Becky and Charlotte, and they're defending it. And now you have a position on the card for the women's tag team titles that isn't relegated to the pre-show if you build it correctly, right? And and you have enough time here to be able to build that. Mm-hmm. And you got scared. Or you want a more linear path after the convoluted nonsense with Ronda and Charlotte and Becky last year. You're mm-hmm. looking for something a little bit more linear with Becky, Charlotte, and, and Sasha Bailey moving forward. I can find justica- or justifications on both sides. For me, and it's not just a bias, although it's totally biased, <laughs> Asuka winning would have done more to build towards the road to WrestleMania than Becky winning, uh, or, or retaining, I should say. All, although it was a very good match and, and both uh, excelled in this. I thought it was good timing. I thought it was good pacing. I thought it was good. I thought the finish was great. Uh, I really thought that Oscar was going to hit those ropes, and she just couldn't get there. She ends up tapping out. It, all of it worked for me. It's just now looking out onto the road of WrestleMania. Man, you could have done a, a, a good service to the tag team championship belts uh, to build a little bit of something behind it if you would have given Asuka the championship, at least for a small run, which seems to be how they use her from time to time. You didn't. Okay, let's ride forward. Let's see where this four horsewomen uh, stories are going. Uh, Raw SmackDown over the next three months. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not disappointing. But uh, they'd have to care about the tag team division in order to do that, JPQ, and they just don't. I know, but if you're going to invest in any tag team division right now... That's the one. It's the one, because it's the one you shop on different brands. I know. Yeah. I know, and which which also they haven't done. Right. So it's just, no, of course not. Right. Well, well, and that's therein lies our problem of why that beautiful as it is isn't going to happen because they're not going to pull the trigger on those things that they aren't investing in, like the women's tag team division, moving them to different brands. They should be hopping around as they said they were going to. Mm. Or if they're not going to do that, they need to address the fact that they're going to stay just on Raw as long as they are on Raw, right? But they can challenge for it at a pay-per-view from a different brand or something like that. Just do something so it's a little bit clearer. But I don't know. I'm hoping that the build towards WrestleMania for this is not as bland as as (laughs) as Becky's all black gear. That's true. Boring. Very boring. I like black, but I don't like it on her. Yeah, just which is weird. It does it, not work for me. You'd think it would work. It just, it doesn't. And I don't know if that's a body type thing. I don't know if that's a, you know, an Irish last kicker thing. But uh, the steampunk work that obviously doesn't work with the man character. But I don't know why she just doesn't come out. Her, though. Just come out with, a, with with leather pants and a t-shirt that says the man on it. That's all you need. Like, you're a no-nonsense, you know, uh, hard-hitting bitch. Just go beat the crap out of people. Like, that's that's your thing. Why we're Why we're jumping into trying to be more than what we are, I don't understand. Like... They're overthinking it with her with her um, attire. Just put her out in a t-shirt and 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 leather pants, and boom, you got a star. Yeah, absolutely. But we will at least be thankful there is no yellow stripe. Thank, well, for now, we'll see. For now, we just never know what's gonna you happen. You don't. You really don't. But the yellow stripe is unfortunately not as good as the yellow brick road to WrestleMania, mm. which will now begin 
because we've had the women's Royal Rumble, and now it leads us to the men's Royal Rumble here with, as we talked about, and you so eloquently put, that they tease this Brock running through everything. Mm-hmm. 13, right? 13. Eliminations out of 30 guys. Amazing. Holy Mary. It's amazing. crazy. It's amazing. Um, and not a lot of surprises, but a few surprises. A MVP Black Panther mm-hmm. outfit return. We love had that. a uh, love that. That was fun. A um, reappearance, of course, of uh, John Morrison, who has returned on SmackDown, which was easy, easy night of work. Easy night of work for him, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the ultimate feel-good moment. Uh, Keith Lee. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was a great moment, though. <laughs> I do love me some Keith Lee. <laughs> but the ultimate feel-good moment was Edge coming in at number 21. Holy Mary. That music hit. People in the joint lost their mind. Everybody on Twitter lost their mind. He came out, and the second he looked up, and he had that look like he was about to cry. I started to cry. I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, and I'm always nervous when people come back from injury like that, especially one as devastating as his. It makes me so nervous. And even Daniel Bryan, I'm still the same way. I see them take bumps. And I'm like, nope, nope, don't do that. Stop doing that. Because <laughs> I'm so nervous for their, their health. But he's cleared, and he came back, and he speared people. The only thing I'm so mad at you, WWE, how dare you cut away from the returning spear to go to the audience. I don't care about the audience. I care about Stupid. Ed spearing someone. You so ing- frustrating. Oh, my God. I was so mad. I was screaming, so excited. Even Mr. Queen was like, oh, my God, it's Edge. Like, he even knew who it was, <laughs> which is so funny. And by the way, Mr. Queen called the winner of this Royal Lumber, by the way. He did. He said it's going to be true. He's the only one who, in that ring in the final four who hasn't won. He's winning. And I was like, okay, Mr. Booker, what's going on? Stats, bro. Stats, bro. That math life. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Edge was the highlight for me for obvious reasons. Um, there was a lot, you know, if you didn't like the whole Brock thing, there's a lot for you not to like. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm a little annoyed. I didn't mind all of it. I will say that. The only thing I minded was the Keith Lee elimination was a little much for me. I was like, <laughs> now we've hit the point where I'm starting to get annoyed. <laughs> And then shortly after, my hero of the Royal Rumble, Drew McIntyre, who eliminated everybody I don't like. <laughs> it was my favorite thing. <laughs> what about you? Men's Royal Rumble. So I, I got a couple thoughts. Uh, let's start with Edge. Um, obviously, good moment. Great moment. Great moment um, for him coming oh, back. The coat. Yeah, the, well, the coat and the beard and... Again, nine years in the making, we were never going to see this guy again. And for people that grew up on Edge, like lived through the brood, lived through, uh, you know, his first run since coming back from surgery where he won the IC title and then ultimately the rated R superstar and everything that he was able to do on really the back third of his career, still rather young, but still. And I'm not even going into the Sexton Hardcastle days of him and NEW and and some of the things that he was doing there. The dude's a legend, straight up legend. What he did on his re-debut at, uh, at Royal Rumble, right, when, he, when his music hit and he came out and that camera panned on him and he just stops and he just takes it all in 
Oh. Right. And he's looking around and the emotions start and the crowd is going crazy. And then he takes five, six, seven stops and then he just stops and he just lets it sink in for a second. He knows the pyro is coming. He sets his pose up and boom, it's like a WrestleMania moment, which which is what I love so much about the Royal Rumble. Right. Because it, you get that kind of pageantry. Yep. The guy is a superstar. And this was the same edge. That when he, and again, this is something that like the NXT developmental and, and I don't mean that as a knock. It's it, I mean, it is what it is. But um, it, it's the NXT brand wrestlers as well as some of these SmackDown and Raw as they're coming up. Like You want to learn about professional wrestling. You want to learn it from a veteran. Go back and watch his re-debut after he blows up. I believe it was his knee the first time. I forget. I, I'm, I mean, again, that was decades ago. Uh, and then he came back. His re-debut after that injury and the way he like played to the crowd in his hometown and the way that that he was able to kind of get – he embraced the moment with the crowd why he stood there and looked out at everybody. Fast forward 14, 15, 16 years, and that same edge is still present, right? Yeah. And you can't buy that type of uh, salesmanship from a wrestler, right? You either have it or you don't. It's that it factor we talk about. And Edge has always been somebody with that it factor – and he's always somebody who understands how to read the room, in a sense, when he's doing his entrance and how to make it the most impactful thing that happens that night. And whether that's his re-debut 20 years ago uh, after his injury or his re-debut last night prior to everything that he did in the ring, which was a tremendous amount more of uh, a more tremendous amount of work than I thought he was going to do. Yes. That's the type of sports entertainment that we've come to expect from our superstars that is just missing from today's product from 90% of the roster. So so in that instance, fantastic. Let's talk Brock Lesnar. People want yeah, well <laughs> if gonna, we must. No, yeah, we, no, we we must. We, we must. must. We definitely must. <laughs> because I, I I'm still of the opinion and I always will be, and I get it. People that watch uh WWE for six hours a week uh, and then an additional four to six hours, depending on pre-show, uh, on uh, once every four weeks, you get frustrated at the fact that this dude who sleeps, eats, and repeats holds a title that he never defends. Sure, he's never there. He, you know, doesn't. Why put it? Why you know he's a he's a part-time player. All these things. At the end of the day, the dude is a draw. The dude puts on some of the most entertaining freaking matches day, night in and night out when he's there than anybody else, right? Yes, he's very dominant, and yes, you don't expect people to beat him, and yes, everything feels like it's going to be a squash. But this dude sells, whether it's Roman at WrestleMania, whether it was Rollins at, at this past WrestleMania, mm -hmm. whether it was Kofi Kingston. You know, the dude just goes at Daniel Bryan, you sure. know, uh, Survivor Series a few years ago. And Finn, too. Yeah, and Finn. Like, the dude gets it. He just doesn't do it all the time because he, A, he doesn't want to and he doesn't have to anymore, right? He, he did his run when he was young, and now he'll just come in and collect the checks. We got 14 Brock Lesnar matches in 26 and a half minutes. We got a year's worth <laughs> of Brock Lesnar in less than a half an hour in which he took out Elias. Eric Rowan, Robert Roode, John Morrison, Coffee, Eric Kofi Kingston, Rey Mysterio, Big E, Cesaro, Shelton Benjamin, Shinsuke Nakamura, MVP, and Keith Lee. Uh, 
Keith Lee and Braun Strowman, because they went out together, mm-hmm. right? Which I think they did very well, mind you. Um, it's a lot. And he was dominant through the entire thing, right? Like, they set this up to be almost like a gauntlet match. Yeah. 29. 29 straight eliminations under 90 seconds was a route I thought they were headed. I think I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. I'll mention it right yep. now. If they would have committed to Brock Lesnar taking out every single – I mean, you talk about untouchable moving through the Royal Rumble. You want to talk about a different Royal Rumble than we have ever seen before. You want to talk about vitriol and hate and heat for a wrestler. It doesn't get any bigger than 29 – you waited a year for the Royal Rumble to watch Brock Lesnar put on an exhibition and pretty much prove – to everybody in the world that professional wrestling ain't the real deal. They could have told that story. Instead, they parlayed that with getting Drew McIntyre finally over the hump. This, what, six-year journey since he was first let go, putting him in a position to come out and just knock the shit out of Brock Lesnar. He flips over the rope, and then this stare-down begins. So good. Then Drew goes on to knock out Ricochet. He goes on to knock out The Miz. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, my God. It's Drew's turn now to knock out every single person in under a minute. And it felt that way. They teased that the first three three entrances or whatever. And it was just exciting, right? And it and it put Drew in a position to, to be taken seriously as a main event player. It took... Uh, it elevated Drew to be to be looked at as a viable winner of the Royal Rumble, which coming into this, although he was a face and although he was building towards that, which they typically don't do, mm-hmm. he was now able to be the guy to go on and win the whole thing. That's good storytelling. The, f- the first third of this, first well, the first half, but really the yeah, it was the first half was the Brock Lesnar show. Mm-hmm. The second half was a fantastic Royal Rumble. San Seth Rollins, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we got we got a moment where we had Keith Lee in the same ring as Brock Lesnar one on one. It was we dope. Had, it was so dope. We had <laughs> Kofi Kingston booked strong against Brock Lesnar because he wasn't uh, he wasn't eliminated within the first nine seconds like John Morrison, right? He made it five minutes and six seconds. Other people were – Rey Mysterio, Big E were able to come in, and ultimately they all you know, uh, uh, got knocked out, F5, this, thrown over the top, wrote this. And it was a, but it was a good spot for Kofi because everybody else was getting burned quickly, right? And I want to give a shout-out to Elias because to be able to come out in front of 45,000 people and pretty much sing a song talking about how you're you know, uh, uh, you know, a bait – <laughs> for Brock <laughs> yeah. is amazing. Only then for him to go in and last a minute. Like, it's just, it was a beautiful thing. Uh, God bless Elias because he's a hero for being able to do that. Um, and then the, and, and so then Drew knocks him out. Drew has a couple quick teases as he knocks somebody out and, and stares at, and stares at Brock on the, on the ground and the intensity and everything. And then it got started. Right. And then we get edge and then we get Matt Riddle and then we get Randy Orton and we get the tease of Randy Orton and, and Edge together. And and then Roman Reigns comes in. And what's he going to do? And then we got KO coming in. And Aleister Black's coming in late. And Samoa Joe's in. And then Seth Rollins finally with with his gang of misfit toys come running out uh, to kind of kind of break up the monotony. Well, to break up the fun, in a sense, uh, by, by this, this having this chaos segment towards the back end of the Rumble here. 
across the board, this was three separate rumbles all wrapped in one. Was it as good as the women's rumble? Was it as fun as the women's rumble? No. But as a whole, I'm very I'd be very surprised if people did not enjoy this. Yeah, me too. I mean, there was parts you could definitely be like, meh. But sure. you're right. It, it's a three-phased rumble. The right. Brock story, the Drew story, the Rollins fuckery. <laughs> I just, I hate well, it. I'll give it, I'll, I'll give it four, right? It's Brock, it's Drew, it's Edge, oh, it's true. Rollins. That's true. We can't forget that. You're right. Yep. It's four because of the return and what he was able to do. Which, by the way... His wife, Beth, in the women's rumble lasted 23 minutes and very little change. And he lasted 23 minutes and 43. So just about the same time, which I think is pretty cool. Smart. I love it. Um, yeah, you're right. It's four. Okay, so there's four different layers all in one rumble. You've got a lot of great things here. we got lots of teases. Um, I loved seeing, like we said earlier, Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar going at face-to-face. I was like, oh, give it to me. I loved it. Um, I loved, like I said, that Drew eliminated everybody I hated. That made me very happy. The true hero of this Royal Rumble by eliminating uh, Brock and King Corbin and Seth Rollins. My personal favorite hero. (laughs) And Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns. But I don't hate Roman Reigns. No, but you would hate him if you won the Rumble. But I would be very upset if he won the Rumble. Yes, yeah. I, it's true. Yeah, I, I thought, thought there was... it was great. And I thought Seth, the only thing I liked that happened with Seth was when he was left alone. And he tried to get Roman to be like, yo, S.H.I.E.L.D., like, we got this, right? And he was like, no. <laughs> you could just see your way out. Bye-bye. Right. That was the only part about Seth that I liked. Everything else I thought was trash. Um, I, I can't stand this Monday Night Messiah thing. He was way better of a heel to me four years ago than he is now. Um, it's an interesting storyline. I just wish it wasn't Seth's storyline. I like... I like, like Yoki, though. Yeah, I, well, I'll like Seth Rollins if... Like, here's what I don't like. I don't like that he's tag champ. With I, I mean, I like the fact that he's a tag champion. He's a six-time tag champion, but... I don't like Seth and Buddy and AOP um, versus like okay so here here's what I would enjoy I would enjoy mm-hmm. Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe taking the titles off Seth and Buddy I, I don't and this sucks for Buddy but he can go find something to do sure um, and then you have AOP versus Owens and Samoa at WrestleMania right that makes sense to me yeah Seth Rollins knocked out Aleister Black now that's a program. With that type of athleticism and that type of wrestling acumen, Tommy End versus Tyler Black. That I would like. That is something I can get behind. Now, Rollins knocked out Aleister Black without the help of AOP, mm-hmm. without the help of Buddy Murphy. So to set that up moving forward and kind of Aleister kind of running his promos, talking, you know, kind of third person-y about somebody that doesn't know. And then all of a sudden he comes out of the shadows and he starts knocking back this little, you know, little, little you know, Italian gang or whatever the hell they are, little mob mafia, <laughs> ma- mafioso kind of vibe that, that 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 Seth is kind of picking up. And he can start chipping these people off one by one to get Seth by himself. Yeah, I'm about that. And if that's where they're headed with this and that's what this was supposed to be, fine by me. If it's just Owens and Black and Joe versus some iteration of those other four, meh, doesn't do a lot for me. But if they're going to build this program towards 
uh, Aleister Black versus Seth Rollins for WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I can get behind that. And this is what I needed to see, although it was a downer in mm-hmm. uh, towards the back end. The last 15 minutes, this was a down four minutes for me. Uh, very convoluted. didn't make a lot of sense, all that type of stuff. But it's going to get us to Black versus Rollins at WrestleMania. Sign me up for that because that will be a match worth watching. I totally agree. I think Seth by himself when he's not talking uh, and when he's in the ring with someone like Aleister Black, I think could be spectacular. And it would be a really fun thing to see at Mania on the grandest stage of them all. Plus that entrance. Oof. Aleister Black entrance at Mania. Sign me up. I'm ready. I'm ready for that. And I'm ready for Alistair to have a push. And I could see him cutting promos like, you know, this false prophet and this fake, fake guy. And I'm going to, you know, knock his head off. And he's not the real God of WWE. He's not the real savior of Raw. It's me. You know, I could see all of that, like, coming through in his very creepy kind of strange Alistair way. If you could see Alistair doing a promo talking about the fake messiah of Raw. Are you kidding me? Like, that is worth its weight in gold. And then you have, like, that chicken shit kind of heel Seth Rollins who doesn't need his backup, who turns his back on – still a heel, but, like, turns his back on Buddy and turns his back on AOP, and he's going to go one-on-one three months from now at Wrestle. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, give it to me now. I, I'm all about that. And if that's where they're headed, I'm fine with that. Totally fine. Good positioning for, again, anybody versus Rollins one-on-one at WrestleMania right now is a good option, but – We've been waiting for them to do something with Aleister Black. This is a great position for him to be in if they decide to pull the trigger on it. I hope they do because this is something worth investing your time in. I 100% agree. And uh, let's hope that they're listening because I think Mm -hmm. that would be a really smart move for Mania. Uh, In terms of wrestling fashion, though, for the men, I have to say, lackluster. When are these guys going to step up the game? Like Rey Mysterio's mask was dope. I thought that was cool. Yeah. But, like, I expect that. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was kind of, I mean, Edge's Edge's coat was great. The cool. color was great. The beard, the hair, it all flowed perfectly with that just touch of gray in the center. Oof, perfect, perfect. But the real question, and I forgot to bring it up, mm-hmm. um, Asuka's robe or Hiromu's robe? Who no, it's always Hiromu. It's always Hiromu, right? Yeah. Of course it is. I but, actually though, liked that Asuka's inside was darker this time. Yeah. Asuka had that? a nice... Nice inline uh, on her jacket. Um, But, I mean, the dude came out with Native American feathers on. Like, you're not beating that no matter who you are. It's like the greatest jacket of all time Um, uh, in Takahashi there. But, but yeah, no, strong showing per use from the Empress herself. Um, As far as the men go, nothing. I'll tell you that there was nothing. There was nothing new. There was nothing shiny. There was nothing fun. There was nothing – there's nothing – I like the men's fashion. I like when it works, and I like when it doesn't work. And where it doesn't work is always Shorty G right now. Um, and Samoa Joe. And well, and Samoa so Joe. the braid was great. The braid worked. But the, the lime worked. green, which, hey, yes. Shotzi, love that. But the lime green parachute shorts? Doesn't no, work. No. no. So, but across the board, there really, there really was no, there was nothing new. There was nothing special about a Royal Rumble with, with anybody involved. Uh, from a fashion side, and because, and even New Day kind of toned it down a bit. Yeah, you know, I kind of expected. Yeah, I kind of expected a little bit more out of them. Uh, they've done some fun things in the past. In this instance, I don't think that they uh, they they hit it. Um, Keith Lee, Braun, Ricochet, even Ricochet, nothing nothing too too out of the the Generic, realm of normalcy yeah. for him. Yeah. Uh, across, you know, again, I'm trying to, I'm going down the list here, trying to find somebody that kind of stuck out, and there really isn't anybody. So uh, a big F. 
to the entire men's rumble with regards to wrestling fashion. Pick up your game, gentlemen. The women are kicking your ass right now. Oh, totally showing out on the women's side. Woof. Mm. We could name several off the top of our head that were better than anything that we saw on the men's. Yeah. So uh, big F for them, big A for the ladies for the most part, minus a couple of things that just were either bland or not necessary. Yeah. Do you think this was an off night for Zelina in her wrestling fashion? Because usually she knocks it out of the park. She wasn't wearing shorts this time. She was wearing uh, cutouts at the bottom. Um, But I'll tell you, it was a rare miss for her. Good color, but overall not Wrong shape. Wrong shape, wrong cut, mm-hmm. wrong vibe um, for her. Great color, though. I agree. Yeah. Um, she, Yeah, she rarely misses, but I feel like lately it's been kind of off for her. It's just not hitting the way it normally does. That bodysuit that she came out with, um, I understand why she came out with it, right, for the ladder match to sit on top of the ladder, but um, it just wasn't very – it didn't look good. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little disappointed because normally she has something very interesting. I will say Alistair, though, did have a better shade of green. We had that mustardy green. Remember that? That was awful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But this shade of green was slightly better. A little better. Yeah. I I like that they're trying green with him. They're trying it. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, when again, when Lacey's killing it on the other side, it's tough to. Comparison, man. Yeah. That's a tough one. Um, one wrestler that you wish had a better performance in either Rumble that didn't. Oh, I wish Kofi Kingston had a spot like he normally does in the Rumble. That was very disappointing to me. Good call. Good call. I hate that he got eliminated without doing a cool spot. I know they gave it to Naomi, but we expect that from Kofi. Kofi always pulls out something crazy. And I would have been, I really wish I'd saw more of Kofi, given that he was the champion and it's just been such lackluster nonsense from him ever since um in terms of his booking i don't like that um and the ladies i actually really liked how everyone showed out but i would have liked to see Liv morgan actually wrestle somebody who isn't lana so that's my bigger disappointment for me i would have liked to see her show out just a little bit in the rumble just to see what she's like because her versus lana doesn't give me a great picture of how she is right now right yeah i don't like that lana eliminated live when she was already eliminated like there should be some type of rule in there that you can't get involved and we saw the same thing with aop and right i mean at least seth was part of knocking out kevin owens although aop kind of had a little bit more to do with that i'm nitpicking there for me the biggest disappointment was probably tony storm sure Uh, she was the only nxt uk representative she lasted 18 minutes and 40 seconds however she had no eliminations she found herself at the losing end of Shayna Baszler once she was ultimately in the match. Yep. Uh, Tony Storm is a hell of a lot better than she's being portrayed both on NXT UK as well as any NXT, any brand of uh, WWE right now. They have an all-star sitting on the bench. They really need to figure out something to do with her because right now they seem lost on, uh, on what Tony Storm's future is. This would have been a nice little show out for her. Kaylee Ray, she's had her little match, or a little match. She's had her matches with, and she hasn't been able to find a winning streak with them since she lost her title. They don't seem to have any type of uh, storyline that makes sense for her moving forward. NX, this could have been a nice refresh for her, for people to remind themselves who Tony Storm is. Uh, although she had some okay moments kind of playing the worker role, she didn't find herself on the end of any eliminations, and she ultimately gets thrown out by somebody from NXT. Don't love that either. So I, I wish they would have done something a little bit more with her. Uh, Sarah Logan making a return, only being in there for 30 seconds. 
questionable. I get it, but it's questionable when you let uh, Kelly Kelly have a couple spots with Tony Storm, and then you know you bring it back Sarah Logan, who you don't give anything to. That was a little bothersome. On the men's side, uh, Matt Riddle didn't do much for me. Um, I like Matt Riddle. I think that a lot of his backstage issues are kayfabe related, although I might be completely wrong on that. Uh, He apparently got into it with Brock. We know the history with Goldberg. I think he's playing up his character, but people are saying that 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 could be on the level. I guess we'll find out in time. This dude can be a player moving forward for the main roster in the new year. However, 41 seconds, no elimination. Then he's knocked out by King Corbin. Not the best showing for Matt Riddle uh, at the Royal Rumble. When last year, the hype around him maybe being in it was so high for him to come out, make his debut, and have no impact whatsoever bothered me a little bit. But overall, hey, this was a this was a strong, you know, four-story Royal Rumble. Uh, the right person ended up winning it. Uh, you created a new star in Drew McIntyre, and I've been asking WWE to, to to solidify a new main event star for a long time. This is what the Royal Rumble is for. This is what we come to expect, and I think they knocked it out of the park this time. They did, and I'm very happy that they're building new stories, and I'm very happy to see that they're building new stars. It's something that I feel has been lacking from yeah. WWE for a while, and this was a nice way to do it, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen uh, as we move towards WrestleMania. So that was our Royal Rumble for 2020, my friend. Woo. Yeah, we made it. We made it. <laughs> we made it. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm excited that we did this. I'm excited that we came back to wrestling fashion. I'm excited that we're doing a simulcast. Yeah. So whether you're listening to Queen's Quarter, you're listening to no particular angle, you too can be part of the hashtag Queen and pup phenomenon that we have going on right now hashtag queen and pup connection queen tell everybody what you have coming up on queen's court oh my goodness well if you didn't catch it earlier this week i had part two with alicia atoot the interview queen interview dropped on monday and coming up uh i have some more queenie suggests and there is a queenie guides that is brewing and it's gonna be very exciting So stay tuned for that. And there may be a very special interview dropping soon. What about you, JPQ? Let the people know what's happening on no particular angle. Well, we just had to get to retire. We have uh, we have Queen's Quest in in distress. We have uh, Saki Kashima joining Oedo Tai. Things that we talked about last week with the Joshi Pod, we are going to continue to talk about on no particular angle coming up in the coming weeks as we grow closer to everything and anything that's happening in Stardom. Hashtag Watch Stardom. If you're not yet, make sure you head over to stardom-world.com and, and check out everything that's happening in what my opinion is the most consistent and most fun wrestling in all of professional wrestling today worldwide. Uh, we are excited for what 2020 has in store for Bushi Road, what it has in store for Sardom in New Japan. We will be focusing on a lot of that moving forward. I appreciate everybody listening to the WWE Royal Rumble. This is one of my favorite pay-per-views. This is one of Queen's favorite pay-per-views. And we love our hashtag wrestling fashion. So if you haven't yet, make sure that you head over to at Big Paws on a Pup as well as at NPA Podcast and, and hit the follow button and make sure that you follow on any podcast platform that you prefer for no particular angle. 
Yes, and head over to at the Queen of Any on Twitter. Queen Squirt everywhere you find podcasts. Give us subscribe and listen. We got some fun things coming up for y'all. And hashtag wrestling fashion, hashtag watch stardom, but most importantly, hashtag the Queen of Bub Connection. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you.